It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Now, from the WATH studios, here's Connor Mills and Joey Madore. From the studios of WATH, this is a sports fan on 970 and 97.1 FM. Connor Mills on the mic alongside Joey Medora as we got you up until 7 o'clock today on this 20th day, November 6.06 on the clock and 60 degrees and clear outside here in southeast Ohio. we got a good show for you. we got you know, some Bobcat talk with the women's yeah. basketball team around the corner. Nice and warm day today, Connor, for a Friday. It was in, weird. Uh, November. I know. It looked like we were starting to turn towards the cold weather. It didn't last a couple days here, though. I've been... Real nice outside. See, I didn't know if I should wear a sweatshirt or if I should have a jacket on, light jacket, you know, whatever it is. But, you know, you're rocking the, uh, you know, it looks like you're about to run for a wrestling practice. Yeah. See, th- that is what this look is. Yeah. You, know, yeah, you yeah. questioned that look when I asked you about it the other day. No, you just uh, asked me if I was going to run, and I was just, <laughs> I don't know when you've heard about me running and all the time we've known each other. Well, I don't. You got the sweatpants, you had the sweatshirt on. I don't know. I, I figured I'd ask you about it. I, I thought you were leaving somewhere. Who knows? But we got Scott Thomas on Sports Fan right now. It's Scott, a writer for uh, you know the Post and uh, a good friend. Scott, how are you? Oh, I'm good, guys. How are you doing? Can't complain, Scott. Can't complain. Better now that I'm talking to you. Oh, lovely. <laughs> Well, Scott, you're covering the Ohio women's basketball team. It's a team that's projected to be pretty good this year. Uh, you know, what are the, some preseason things you're taking a look at as we get ready uh, for you know the women's team uh, coming up? Yeah, well, obviously the big the big thing this year for the women's basketball team is this will be the last year they've got uh, CC Hook and Erica Johnson on the same team. Uh, CC is a senior, and uh, Erica is a redshirt junior, and both of them were preseason first team on Mac and both of them should be uh competing for Mac player of the year probably with each other yeah and you know two first team you know uh preseason you know picks for the Bobcats and that's that's always special to get that recognition this earlier on in the season I mean it's it's been a you know a full team effort over the past couple years uh with you know CC and Erica Johnson uh, but then you go back to there's you know, successful season with Dominic Dosick, you know, Amani Burke. Uh, you know, what is this team, you know, I don't want to say support staff, but, you know, who, who are a couple of the other Bobcats we're taking a look at outside of just CC and Erica? Yeah, well, um, one person that probably one of the third best players would be uh, Gabby Burris, and I think that she's right. a player that doesn't get talked about enough. You know, she, she's got a 1,000 points in her career. She's a, a senior this year, and she's, She's always been a really good staple for them on defense and on the board. She's uh, one of their few forwards on the roster. Um, and they've got Caitlin Kroll as well. She'll be back for her second year with the Bobcats after transferring. And they've got, you know, Peyton Geist. She she was a freshman last year. Um, she's really good on defense, and she can step in when GC gets in foul trouble. And then they'll also have a girl named Jasmine Hale who uh, transferred from Wisconsin last year so she didn't have she wasn't eligible last year because she transferred but this year she should be ready to contribute and she was a very highly uh recruited prospect out of high school so i'm excited to see what she can do for the bobcats this year scott obviously two years ago this team was real successful but didn't end up winning the mac tournament they uh so they didn't end up getting uh, an ncaa tournament bid there and then last year we all know what happened uh they had high hopes heading into that 
Mac tournament they thought fought uh, that was their year the the whole mantra and was heard several times on radio broadcasts was unfinished business um, so going into this season we see they're projected second in the coaches poll uh, yet again do you think this is the year that they can put it all together and you know make that run yeah well I think that really their business I think unfinished business might as well be their their motto again this year because because mm-hmm. last year after uh, Central Michigan lost in that first round of the MAC tournament they were they were looking like the heavy favorites to win it. They right. beat every team that was left in that tournament. So I think they uh, they they might have gotten robbed, but we're gonna find out pretty quickly how good this team is. Um, they were supposed to play uh, on Wednesday, but it looks like they've taken those that non-conference game off the schedule. But pretty quickly, their second their second game of the season is gonna be against Central Michigan, who's uh, projected to finish first, and they've got they've got Michaela Kelly back, who was one of the top scorers in the nation last year. So. That should be a pretty good game, and we're we're going to learn a lot about this team. And I think that they do have a very good chance to run the table, or not run the table, but win the league. And they've got a really really strong team this season. You know, it always seems that yeah, in the uh, Mid American Conference, it's a battle between you know a, a couple of teams, right? Over the past couple of years, it's always been Central Michigan and Ohio, and then Buffalo. Uh, I think Buffalo fell off a little bit last year, uh, but obviously, you know, Central Michigan has been the team to beat in the MAC year in and year out in women's basketball. Uh, you know, where do you put Ohio compared to Central Michigan here in 2020? Yeah, well, it's, it's really neck and neck. I mean, Ohio, Ohio lost to Central Michigan twice last year, but the first time, the first time they lost by two points in regulation, and the second time they lost by two points in overtime. So, I mean, both of those games really could have gone either way. So, I think it's, I think it's really neck and neck. I think that Central Michigan nearly ran the table last year within the MAC, so they're obviously a really good team, and they've got most of their return their starters returning. But Ohio really also only lost a couple people, so I think it's really hard to say right now who's the better team because they're both they're both really darn good. Right, and also it's such an unpredictable year due to the pandemic, Scott. I mean, how weird do you think it's going to be? You know, like. Things with empty gyms, you're going to be able to hear coaches hollering out signals and things like that. You know, just I don't know. What, what do you think the atmosphere is is going to feel like this year? I don't know if you'll be allowed to, you know, sit inside the gyms this year to cover the games, but you know, just how different is it going to be? Do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be really weird. Obviously, the women's games usually don't get as crowded as the men's games, but they're still. I mean, Ohio's got a pretty good team, so they've usually got a lot of people, and I think that. What'll hurt them the most is that they don't have these non this non conference schedule going to the max because that's what I was excited to see because you know they beat Ohio State last year they were hanging in there with Syracuse for most of the game um, they had another power five win against Pittsburgh so you know I think the atmosphere will be really strange it'll almost feel like a scrimmage but you know the games almost matter even more now that they don't have the non-conference. They're going to have to win the MAC if they want any chance to make a potential tournament. Yeah, I was about to say, I mean, that that's going to affect not only women's but men's basketball this year, just the limit amount of uh, non-conference games for the mid-majors because usually that's, uh, you know, unless you beat a couple, you know, impressive Power 5 teams in the in the non-conference schedule, you got to win your conference. Uh, it's tough for those mid-majors to get multiple teams in. Yeah, I think that, I think Central Michigan definitely has the the best the best chance for the MAC, and I think that right now, if you're looking at all the teams, I think the MAC is probably going to be looking for Central Michigan to be their their representative because you really you want to have a strong representative in, 
and you want to have a strong champion so that, you know, you don't just get wiped in the first round. Yeah, and these, again, for the Bobcats, they've been there. You know, they, they have been trying to, you know, get to that tournament over the last couple of years, and, you know, it's unfortunate they can't schedule as tough as the schedule they did last year because, you know, to go back into the history the year before that, you know, the only reason why that team was left out is because they, you know, didn't win the Mid-American Conference, right? And then you had to go uh, the year after, all right, you put a bunch of Big Ten and, and Power Five schools on your uh, schedule, and then you beat Ohio State. I mean, you were competitive. I don't think they won anything down in Texas the year before. But then, you know, they had those games in there where they were competitive and they were close enough to where if the Mid-American Conference was able to finish their tournament earlier on this year, you know, they would have probably had a good shot at quali- uh, qualifying for the tournament and, and entering into March Madness. But, uh, again, like you said, it's it's going to hurt them a little bit without this non-conference schedule unless they – you know, do the job and, and beat Central Michigan. Yeah, and I think the last last two seasons, really, for, for Ohio have been kind of an unsettling end. You know, they thought that they should have made the tournament two years ago, and, and they probably, I won't say probably, but they had a really good shot at qualifying by winning the tournament last year. So, I mean, this is the year for them because um, they're going to be losing CC, and, you know, this really this is going to be, one of the strongest teams they've ever had. So I think that I think that if there's going to be a year, it's got to be this year. It almost seems like it's all or nothing. Well, talk a little bit about if we have it. Right. 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 Talk a little bit about Bob Bolden, because ever since, you know, he has come here to Ohio, uh, you know, he's entering into his eighth season uh, as the head coach of the women's basketball team. But Bob just has come in here and, you know, he, I think he's done a tremendous job, but you know, what, what lies ahead for him here in uh, in 2020? Yeah, he's done he's done a great job as head coach of the team. You know, I think that I think he's really he, he's really turned around the program into being really strong. And his his main main thing is defense, and that really helps for him. That he's got CC Hook, who has had over 100 steals every year of her career. I mean, and you know, he's he's more of a soft spoken guy, but. He'll get loud. He'll get loud with the refs a lot too, and that's always exciting to see. I think. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think that he he does a really good job of working working them hard and making sure that they're they're always one of the most one of the most well conditioned teams that you see, and they're always they're always able to score from anywhere. And you know he'll do. They've told us they'll do practices sometimes where they don't even shoot a ball if they're not even happy if they're not happy with their defensive performance. He'll. That's their real big point of emphasis, and I think that if they can play stronger on defense this year than they did last year, that they've got a really good shot to win pretty much every game. Yeah, and again, Bob's the winningest coach in you know program history. 149 victories heading into this season. Uh, you know, Bolden's also broke the program. Uh, he he did break the program record and reached the 100 win mark uh, faster than any coach. In Ohio history, he's come in here, done a tremendous job, and you know Ohio is lucky to have him. And obviously, the women's basketball team is is very lucky to have him because they play hard for him. You know, in, in a season like this, you know, he's the type of guy that's not going to accept any any nonsense. And it's almost like you know the men's basketball coach and Jeff Bowles, you know, uh, stay stay positive, test negative. And I, I think he's going to take probably that mantra into you know his season as well. Yeah, I mean, it really seems like the Ohio basketball teams are, are building something. I know that 
I know that the men's team is projected to finish second as well. So, you know, there's a there's a bright future in the combo, and I would someday I've just been hoping to see the that place sold out once. You know. Yeah, absolutely. And Scott, I, I saw. I don't know how much you follow. Uh, recruiting and all, but I saw they got three, you know, commits here in this early window already. Uh, Kate Dennis out of Illinois, Yaya Felder out of Connecticut, and then a player of Ohio, Kendall Hale. Do you know anything about those three and, uh, you know, what potentially they could be bringing to the table here in the future? Uh, well, I know uh, Kendall Hale is uh, Jasmine Hale's younger sister. She's uh, from uh, West Claremont, which mm-hmm. is out of, like, Cincinnati. Um, I don't know much about the other two. Um, from what I've seen there, they're more more guard players as the roster tends to be more guard heavy for yeah. Ohio, and yeah. um, they should provide some really strong shooting and some really strong defenses. That's kind of what they've hung their head on. It seems like you know they're really trying to build the best team in the state. Try to perennially try to perennially beat everybody else in the state. You know they beat Ohio State last year, and that was obviously a huge win. Um, and I think that that is really going to help their recruiting in the future, just being able to go out and, bit, and beat the big guys in the state, you know. And obviously when you beat the big guys in the state, when you have a proven record of doing so, it uh, helps you out a little bit. Yeah, of course it does. I'm, you want you got to beat the best to be the best, as they say. So right now, right now Ohio really is the best. They're only, they lost a couple games at the end of the year. Uh, in state, but other than that, they pretty much dominated the state of Ohio. Oh, Scott, you know it's always great having you on the program. I haven't had you on until uh, well since the Nelsonville York game. Obviously, we had other feelings uh, at that it, time. Don't bring it back up. I won't bring up the whole thing, <laughs> but I uh, yeah, God, was, we, we, you know we've gone a solid couple weeks without talking about that game, and I I didn't mention it. You mentioned it. You I'm, just said Nelsonville York. You said the last time I, you talked to him. Well, I yeah, I didn't mention the game. I said the last time we had him on was when we were talking about, you know, when we were talking about Nelsonville, York. That's all. I didn't mention anything that no, happened. shut up. Just shut up. Listen, <laughs> you're the one who brought we it know, up. We all know what you were about to allude to. No, I, I was, all I was going to say is different feelings now than it was then. Scotty, before we let you go, i got to get your feeling. you got Washington on Sunday. How are you feeling about that one? Oh, I'm just, I'm just hoping for a win. You know, before the season, I said four to six wins, and everybody called me crazy, and I think that's <laughs> coming true. Yeah, I mean, you got a couple of NFC East matchups here coming up, so I think, uh, think, uh, I, I, you got to watch out for Washington's defense, though. I mean, we got to get that. We're going to get to that later on in the show here, but they, they got a solid squad over there, They're second best in the league against the pass. And listen, if you yeah, had, it seems like our offensive line might finally be healthy, but makes them doubt again. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, if you had, you know. Four to six wins, right, for, for Cincinnati. I would not have called you crazy. I think that you're one of the more normal people that I, I had talked Listen, to. We, we said about five it. and 11, but we know some other people that were calling for the playoffs this year. So <laughs> Listen, don't listen bit. to anybody on Twitter. Don't, <laughs> listen, to, don't uh, listen to anybody on that website. Well, there could be a, a former alumni of this station that was, the, the, that was leading the charge. <laughs> I won't name him. but nope, No names here. Uh, but Scott Thomas, always appreciate you calling into the program. And uh, if we don't see you, have a good Thanksgiving. You, got, you too, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, appreciate you, Scott. Again, Scott Thomas, the writer for The Post. and Always an entertaining conversation. It is. It is. And uh, you're looking forward to what his coverage will be about the women's basketball team. Of course, we will have the men's basketball team on the flagship WXTQ Power 105. Uh, however, 
you know, they got to follow the women's team, too. I think they're on 1340 WUB, but I'm not even sure what the coverage is going to be like. I don't know. Jake graduated, did some work over here. So I don't know what's a, who's going to be the play-by-play. Yeah, I mean, it was Jake and Gabe the longest. They're both right. now down working Gabe, for IMG. Gabe left, and then he got, you know, had Jake here for a little bit of uh, extra time. And now uh, I don't know who's who's next. I got to see. I haven't made an announcement about it, so I, I haven't reached out to anybody either. So I don't. Are they <laughs> they still on the radio? I think <laughs> I gave it up. I don't, I don't, I don't know. know man. I don't. Somebody's got to have them. Somewhere. I feel like the athletics is dealing with a lot right now to have to yeah. worry about uh, who's going to broadcast the uh, the What's women's next? basketball game. It's next week. I, I, I listen. <laughs> I I understand your point of view, but I also know, you know, it can get stressful down in the down in the convo. Oh, yeah. I mean, listen, everybody's doing their job. Everybody has you know, now a, a bigger job to do with you know, all the struggles that we've had over the past year. But, um, you know, I don't know. You, you want to go call them? <laughs> you know, yeah, we'll, petition. Uh, yeah. How, we'll get you and I on there. Uh, we'll call the games. Yeah, why not? Uh, but I don't know what they're going to do with that yet. And if they name a play-by-play, I'm sure we'll have them on and talk about the team as well. Uh, we always get the coverage to the men's team and, and look forward to hearing uh, Rob and Russ you know, on basketball now. They're only three weeks in, really two. They only had two broadcasts with mm-hmm. the uh, football team, but you know, three weeks in uh, to this uh, Mid-American Conference season and then right into basketball. We'll probably even hear Marty Bannister call a couple games too, uh, either on the radio or uh, you know, definitely ESPN Plus or 3, whatever he's on. Right. Um, yeah, but I don't know. We'll see what they do. We'll see if they have any press release or any coverage or anything like that. We'll take a short break right here on the Sports Fan. I think Troy Bowen's going to be calling in. He got tied up at work, but look forward to hearing from him. It's a Sports Fan presented by JK Contracting on 970 and 97.1 FM, WATH. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. In today's world, the last thing you need is a broken cell phone. If you've got equipment in need of repair, Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair is here to help. Athens Electronic Repair services all brands of electronics, cell phones, tablets, game systems, and more. Plus, during the health crisis, Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair offers home pickup and delivery and a contact-free drop-off kiosk outside the store. Don't work from home with a busted computer? Call Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair at 740-590-1677 or visit the shop at 386 Richland Avenue, Athens. It's a calling that's kept us free. It's a place to belong. What's the calling? Being a member of the Air Force Reserve. It's doing a job that makes a difference. Serving your community and your country. It's part-time service where the impact is full-time. What's your calling? Air Force Reserve. To find out about local job opportunities with the Air Force Reserve at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base or Youngstown Air Reserve Station, call 800-257-1212 or go to AFReserve.com. Sponsored by the Air Force Reserve and aired in cooperation with the Ohio Association of Broadcasters and this station. You're listening to 970 WATH and the Sports Fan. And back inside the studios of WATH, you're the Sports Fan, 625 on the clock, and still around 60 degrees and clear outside here in Southeast Ohio. Mills Mike along with Joe Medour, and we just heard from Scott Thomas, and 
Uh, Scott's doing a nice job. What is he, a junior now at the university or something? Yep. So so he's the same age as you. He was in my learning community. Ah. Now how about that? Uh, but you know, the one interesting news here, and I think Troy's going to call in at some point, and if he does, we'll get him up on the air. Uh, but the one interesting thing that I, I think that we saw scroll across the screens earlier today was that the New Orleans Saints, instead of using Jameis Winston, who, you know, what did he, over 3,000 yards passing or something? He's got over 5,000 or something in his career, uh, you know, 30 for 30. 5,000 passing yeah. yards last year. Yeah, yeah 5,000 passing yards last year. And, you know, 30 touchdown passes, too. Now, with that came 30 interceptions. Mm. Uh, but instead of going to Winston, they're now going to go to Taysom Hill as their starting quarterback. Taysom Hill. Yeah. I, I mean, Why? Uh, Why'd you even sign Winston if you're going to use Hill? You know, Sean Payton has been staunch on this point that Taysom Hill is a real quarterback. Um, no other NFL team ever has put their real quarterback on the punt team or at tight end or, you know, at running back or any other position they've thrown him at. I don't know, you know, what they're trying to prove here. I guess they really think that they have some kind of formula that can win with uh, with Taysom Hill, a quarterback. He's thrown – he's been in the league since 2017. He's thrown 18 passes. He's completed 10 of them for 205 yards. Uh, no touchdowns and an interception. Um, I don't know how a guy who's thrown eight – who you've let throw 18 passes. Obviously, you have Drew Brees. He's been hurt at times. Don't forget last year, he was injured. They didn't put Taysom Hill in. They put in Teddy Bridgewater, who they had at the time. Right. And, uh, you know – but it's this is an interesting situation. You would have to think there's no way that they're coming out and running the same offense that they run when Breeze is out there. Um, yeah, it's very confusing because you you know you have that traditional drop back quarterback in Winston who you know despite the thirty picks, five thousand yards, thirty intercept or thirty touchdowns last year uh, with Tampa Bay, and uh, you know he came in and was able to close out the game last week and get them the victory. So you would have thought that just would be the guy that they would automatically go to. But yeah, Taysom Hill. Uh, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see if they they might come out in the freaking wing tee on Sunday and you know try to. I don't know what what we're going to expect here. Um, I just don't think Taysom Hill is a good enough thrower to to make it in the NFL. Somebody had made a joke online. And they pulled up, you know, Madden or NFL 2K, whatever. Uh, it seemed like an old graphic. But they had one play, which was engage eight on defense. It dropped one back into the zone coverage. Three. You have two or three in, in man coverage. And then you send the rest of them yep. right into uh, in, in blitz. Yeah, good old engage eight. You know, but you're sending eight. There's no confidence, not only... I, well, history has shown with the stats right there. If you're only throwing what 18 passes, is that what they said? Yes, eight, since 2017, 18 since, passes. Since 2017, 18 passes. Obviously, there's not a whole lot of confidence in him throwing. So the defense is going to know absolutely that it could be a wildcat formation, or maybe it's just going to be some kind of weird offense that uh, they're going to be running down in New Orleans but it's just a thing that baffles me because you have a 5,000-yard passer just on the sideline, and he got him some time last week, too, you know? 
Yeah, if you were going to do this, I don't know why you wouldn't just put Taysom Hill in the game last week. That's what doesn't right. seem to make sense to me. And and Winston, he got LASIK eye surgery. The guy can see again. <laughs> and that was in the offseason. Yeah, like, he's probably not the same guy that he was last year just because of the sole fact that he got eye surgery to correct his vision. Yeah, he was probably throwing to the guy he thought was open because it was the defender. He thought that might, that guy might have been the you know, offensive guy. Yeah, and I mean, he didn't do anything crazy impressive last week. Six for 10, 63 yards. They didn't need him to, though. Uh, right. They knew they were going to win against the Niners team that really couldn't muster anything offensively, and they were just trying to run the clock out there in the second half. Yeah, it's a, it's a shocking move. I, I, I'm just really, what is going to really irritate me is if Taysom Hill runs the ball 20-some times on Sunday and people call Sean Payton a genius for using their quarterback for his strengths. Because I know some other quarterbacks, and I'm not going to make it about a certain topic, but I know some other quarterbacks where if they come out and run 20 times, it's, oh, my God, you, that will never last. So I'm just saying, if Taysom Hill comes out and runs the ball 20 times for 150 yards, I don't want to hear about how efficient he is. I want to hear what every other quarterback that runs all the time gets in here. Oh, my God, he's going to get hurt if you have him doing that. Well, he, like you mentioned earlier on, he's a part of the special teams. You know, what other quarterback is, is on special teams laying people out? Like, it's, it's just a – I don't know what he has what, – what does Taysom Hill have over – over Winston. Have you ever seen like the passing compilation of Taysom Hill from college? Now, obviously, he's not the same, but it's hilarious. The amount of ducks he threw, and it's just like, <laughs> it's terrible. He looks like, you know, not an NFL quarterback. It's it's quite a, I don't know what uh, what they're going for here. Uh, I mean, we'll see. And I mean, if it works out on Sunday, you know, we'll, I guess we'll all eat crow on Monday morning. But it's just, I don't see how he's the better of the two options. Troy, who do you got? Jameis Winston or uh, or Taysom Hill, quarterback of the Saints? Hmm. We talking? Are we trying to win the game? Or are we talking fantasy? <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's that's the question. Uh, if I'm going to win the game. I think Tyson Hill would probably maybe give you the better option, just because you know he's not going to throw five interceptions. He ain't going to throw uh, five but, yards either, though, Troy. That's a problem. Yeah. Well, you haven't. I've never. Really, I've never seen him start a game yet. So uh, he comes in for gimmick plays, but those are those are design gimmick plays. Mm-hmm. He's told to run uh, or an option pass. What does he do with a, you know, a full playbook? Well, I don't think anybody's ever seen it. I tell you what, though, I trust Sean Payton's judgment more than my own when it comes to his players. And the guy did want to start, and there was fear there in, in, in New Orleans that he was going to look for a starting job, demand a trade, whatever. And for whatever reason, Sean Payton paid him whatever money he needed and kept him for a reason. So I'm actually kind of anxious to see the kid play. I'd like to see him play with a full playbook. And a whole week's practice, and maybe uh, Monday morning you guys can judge that, and maybe they'll both play a little bit, and then it'll give you a better idea. Right, and the the thing is, though, when Drew Brees went down last year, you know, it wasn't Taysom Hill who stepped up to be the quarterback. It was Teddy Bridgewater, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, when, when injuries arose, you know, Taysom Hill was never given that opportunity, and you have a guy who threw for 5,000 yards just sitting on the bench. So I, I don't yeah. know. It's weird. I think they I think they like Taysom Hill in the role that he was in, mm-hmm. and they're trying to win a Super Bowl. And the guy is such a great athlete. I, I think they felt like, and obviously Teddy Bridgewater, he's a really good quarterback. He's doing really good things in Carolina. They kind of kept their whole system intact. That wouldn't have happened if you would have put Hill at quarterback. You would have lost him as your playmaker. You had a viable option, but I don't. I'm not sold on Jameis Winston being a as good of option as Teddy Bridgewater was. 
that's probably why they made that decision. But again, I think I I have a hunch they're both going to play Sunday. So if you're a if you're a fantasy player, I'd stay away from that situation completely. <laughs> Let's just kind of wait to watch the out plays out. Yeah, well, I had Breeze, so you know. Oh well, wow. yeah. <laughs> uh, if you're in a 12-man league, uh, slim pickings. If you're in a 10 or 18 league, there's probably somebody out there you could you could pick up. But oh yeah, I got I got Herbert right now. He's been he's been doing the. Oh, job. you're fine. Then. Yeah, yeah, you're good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the uh, the thing I said about the last thing about James Winston, yeah, he got eye surgery in the offseason. He's not the same guy who threw thirty interceptions last year. I mean, the well, poor guy we'll couldn't see. see. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think decision making plays into that, yeah. not being able to read defenses, and some of the same problems that we see with with Haskins and Washington. I think yeah. like Winston as well. So, well, if he can't yeah. see the defense, then how can he read it? I think he had astigmatism, man. It's just oh. a little blurry. The guys are in the same spot, but just not clear. And just, I don't know if vision's going to help you there, any, but it might. I don't know. It might. Maybe. Oh, but yeah, I'll be interested to see. I mean, if you know, as critical as you can be of Hill, he's only thrown 18 passes in his first whatever years. If you know, if they take the handcuffs off and let him, you know, try to throw the ball around a little bit, uh, you know, maybe he can do something. But I fear, you know, if they're too predictable and he just comes out and they try to run the same gadgets, he's just sitting back there trying to run read options, and you know, they're doing double passes all around the field. I just don't know how effective that can be uh, in an NFL game. Uh, I, I don't think they will. I, I think they're they'll, like I said, he he brought him back for a reason, and the guy was drafted as an NFL quarterback. He was a college quarterback. He's been a quarterback all his life. Mm-hmm. He's just such a great athlete. They were able to use him in, in other areas because obviously you have Drew Brees. You're not going to start him, but they wanted to get him on the field. I don't think any of us knows really what he can do with the playbook. Now, I think he's a good player. He's a really good athlete. I, I think he can be exciting. I mean, there were some people comparing, not on an elite level, but like a Lamar Jackson type, mm-hmm. the things that he could do. So let's wait and see. Let's watch, watch Sunday if you have the NFL ticket. If not, you're going to have to watch highlights. But I hope he does well. I've always liked him. I like players that are multifaceted like that, that can just get on the football field and do things. So I always kind of like players in that that realm. I'm hoping he does do good. Well, Troy, you know, it's been a while since we've heard you on the radio. I think uh, last time you might have been in the studios was uh, you know, for a football Friday night postgame show, and that's been a while. I mean, what's new? Eh, it's not really. I mean, it, it seemed like it was yesterday, but, yeah. Uh, just uh, making Athens look good. You know, we were dealing with Christmas lights all day. They were putting them uptown. Uh, so I got me busy. I was going to stop by and kind of keep my eye on some state championships. Uh, tomorrow, I'm going to try to watch the Ironton game. I think that would be really good for people to watch. But then uh, the other half of me has got my eye on basketball and pretty excited for the season to start. Um, hoping that we have some sort of normalcy. Just games being played would be great on schedule, on time. Uh, that's really what I'm kind of looking at right now and you know, getting excited for it and just crossing my fingers, hoping that these things can go off without a hitch. Yeah, I was about to ask, what, what's your feeling on, because obviously we've already seen some of, you know, you know, up in Columbus, they're canceling until, they're postponing until December, January. We saw Logan did it as well. Do you, do you, what's your feeling on what they're going to end up doing down in, in this area? You think they're going to start on time here? I did not see Logan. When did that information come out? Yesterday. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Trevor sent it wow. to us, so I know I, it's I accurate. Know. I knew Central. I, I didn't know it came down as far as Logan. That's surprising. If you look on a map, I saw a map today that came out. I mean, the whole state's red except for a sliver of southeastern Ohio. I mean, from, 
I don't know, Zanesville, up around past Zanesville, all the way down to Ironton, that slither of the state, southeast Appalachia, is, is still orange. And it just kind of gives me hope that our athletic directors and things will allow us to continue to play, even though the rest of the state is not. But that's always me just being optimistic and hoping and really wanting that to happen. Uh, but if you're going off statistics and how we compare to the rest of the state, it seems like it's viable. Um, but, you know, we're getting it's getting close. I mean, Athens plays Friday night. I mean, a week from tonight. Mm-hmm. I believe Alexander Belfry is a week from tonight. So if they were going to do it, you would think it would have came down the same time, um, I guess, uh, as a Logan or, uh, or a Central District. And that information is not out. And the OHSA said to go forward. I mean, their news came out as well. Saying we we're going full steam ahead. So, I mean... God, man, we're, we, we're into this thing months now. We're still, like, thinking day-to-day. It's amazing that nothing is concrete, uh, except for maybe professional sports at this point. But everything else, the further you go down, it's just the more question marks it becomes. I mean, daily. It's like one day you think one thing, and then the next day, you know, you get bombarded with that Columbus news. You're thinking, well, well maybe not. Right. And- as, as I stand here right now today, I feel like they're going to play next Friday night. And if you can just play that first game, if you can get out there and play, then I think it just keeps going. Yeah, it, it, it's almost to me, Troy, you know, same feeling that we had back in March. I mean, yeah. the day before, you know, we were out in the Convocation Center. You know, we were uh, calling the game. I think it was the, the Tomcats that were still still in the tournament. And then they, they lost, so our coverage was done. Then the next day, they were just going to clear the uh, Convocation Center. But, you know, they wound up canceling it. So it was just a, a weird... You know, weird feeling back then, and I don't have that same weird feeling, but you know, it, it's getting close to where, you know, are we going to have it or are we not? Yeah. The difference there, though, is it was all new, and everything was just so shocking. And, and now we've kind of grown numb to everything that's going on, and so it's a little bit different. It almost would feel more like baseball to me when we were waiting around thinking we are going to have a season. Remember the kids? They got out and practiced, and right. okay, well, here we go, and then, and then, no, we're not going. And I think it's got a little bit more of that feeling. And you know, back in March, we were just getting smacked in the face with it, and it was like daily. And it was also more extreme because it was affecting our our businesses and everything. They were being shut down, so it's just the severity of it then, which is kind of astonishing if you think about it, because there weren't nearly as many cases then as there are now. So you think back when we shut our business down. There was only like 54 active cases in Athens. And there's been over 300 for like three weeks. And I'm thinking, well, why did we shut down when there's only 50 cases? You know, if we knew then what we knew now, we, we probably could have stayed open, right? I mean, there's literally five times as many cases now than there has been for weeks compared to when we shut down back in March. It, it really is baffling how this has all played out. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I just, I really hope they play. I think if they can get on the court next Friday night, it would be a really good sign. Because as stricter things come down from the state, I think it will help the numbers drop. And if you can just get on the court and numbers start to drop, then that takes away the, the idea that, okay, we've got to shut it down, right? That's why I think it's very it's key for these teams to get out and play next weekend and then the next couple games. And then you're back to the position of, Man, I really hope the numbers do drop. <laughs> but right. as they put this curfew in place and, you know, more stricter curfews the further north you go, uh, you know, they are taking proactive measures. 
And if that can slow things down and we're still playing, I think that increases our chance of continuing to play. And that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, and, you know, down in Florida, you know, the, the baseball team learned that they weren't even going to play. You know, they weren't even in the state when everything was shutting down. So yeah. if, if we just get it going and, and, like you said, you know, kind of prove that it works, prove that all the measures that are in place are, are going to keep the kids healthy and safe, uh, that that's you know, predominantly the case uh, right there for you know, keeping it open and, and, and keep playing. And the, the good news is, you know, the majority of the schools across the state did want to continue to play. You know, Trevor mm-hmm. sent me a stat yesterday that said, you know, 56% said that they wanted to go out and uh, play the season, you know, as normal, start on time. Uh, about 33% said that they wanted to postpone until about January 3rd. And then only 11% said that they should not have a winter season. So the majority of those schools do want to go out there and do want to play. It's just, you know, how do, how do you make it safe for everyone involved? And everybody has a say in it from um, politicians, from the governor all the way down to the players. I mean, everybody's got a little bit of, of input, a little bit of say, lots of opinions, of course, outside when it comes to fan bases and parents. It's just, and then trying to bring all those together to a conclusion of what to do has got to be tricky. And it seems like they all passed the buck, right? The governor passes the buck to the, to the OHSA. The OHSA passes the buck to each administrator, and each administrator passes the buck to its coaches and players. So it's kind of odd and that nobody really wants to make a full-blown decision, which I think is the correct move because different areas of the state have different situations. I just outlined that we are still in orange. I think we would be okay to play, whereas other places I can understand maybe, maybe questioning it. And, and I'm just hoping that our administrators were part of that high percentage that wants to play. Because you really don't want to get into a situation where there's a couple that don't and then the others do. Because now you're getting into very complicated measures. If Athens doesn't want to play, but the other TVC Ohio schools do, right? Same with the hockey. Uh, or even anybody in Southeast Ohio that you might have on your schedule. You don't want to go try to scramble and, and find games, which has already happened, let's say, with Nelsonville, York, because they had Fisher Catholic um, and Liberty Union. Uh, those were on their schedule, right? Well, I think those schools are postponing. So now New York's already has two two dates to fill. Uh, so you don't want to get into more and more of those. And if we can at least keep our region playing, and each team, if they might have scheduled some Columbus teams or teams that aren't playing, it's easier to fill a couple of non-conference as it is multiple non-conference and league dates. So we don't want to do that. I think that's why it would be wise of the TVC to get together and – uh, when they have monthly meetings, I don't know when their next one is, to just come together and, and do something as a whole. And if you do have an outlier, let's say it happens, I hate to use them as an example, but if they say they don't want to and the other 13 say yes, then basically say you got to play because this is what we're going to do. We're going to go at this as a league as opposed to individual schools. I think they'd be better off that way. Whether or not Athens would still agree to it, they don't have to, but I would like to see that happen. Are you, you know, Troy, are you shocked at all that it's been left so open by the, from the top at the OHSAA level that, you know, just, you know, you can have all these different places starting their seasons at completely different times. I mean, some may start now, some may start in January, some may not start at all. Are you shocked that they've, uh, you know, left it that open to everybody? No, not at all, because um, it's really kind of the right thing to do. So I'm not shocked. And as long as they're 
keeping their tournament dates in place, which I think they're doing. They're basically leaving up to you to, um, I don't want to say hurt yourself, but they're saying, look, this is when we're, this is when our tournament's going to play. Uh, if you don't want to play 22 games, that's on you. That's not on us. But this is how it's going to go because they've already said that they are in, in, in favor of everybody playing, everybody starting on time, everybody playing. That's their stance. They really don't have a choice but to stay if you don't want to play, you don't have to. Because they can't force you to play, right? Yeah. So I think it's, it's not shocking. It's kind of the only route they could go if they're going to come at this thing of saying we want everybody to play, we're going to start on time, our tournaments are going to start on time. So the only other option is to say, you don't have to if you don't want to, obviously. We can't make you play, but this is what we're doing. And kind of, it's kind of ironic in a weird way because I always get angry at basketball season because down here in rural southeastern Ohio, we have a lot of games that are <clears throat> canceled because of snow, and our, we have lots of hills and ridges and back, back roads, which I was kind of teasing Connor last night about you and saying it was hard to get to Wellston. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what a holler is. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's, it's yeah. And welcome's actually just down the highway. You make a right. It's kind of close to the highway, but it is. If I guess if you're not from here and you go up a few hills and back in the woods a little bit, it feels like it's back there, but it's really not. Long story short, a lot of times we don't get our 22 games in, mm-hmm. uh, or our kids are having to play five games in seven days. And while the cities, the city schools do not shut down really ever for snow. They all walk to school. It's close. Proximity, and I always felt like we got into tournament time. Those teams always had an advantage because they went through their season on time, scheduled games, consistency. And here we are down in Southeast Ohio. We're trying to just piece together a 22-game schedule, and it's all they've gone weeks sometimes without playing. Well, now if I feel like the script could be flipped on them a little bit, where wow, we finally have the opportunity to get ahead a little ahead of them in the tournament by playing a full season and consistent season. You know, I, I was kind of looking at that just today thinking about it it'd be interesting of course it still could snow we could still get blizzards we could still have our games canceled and they could be playing by that time so it might not even work out that way but i just thought it was interesting in addition to you know everybody else figuring out what they have to do for their schedule you know we got to figure out where we're going i mean we haven't uh we got to release that broadcast schedule i think that's going to come out soon well we got to find out when ohio plays and it just occurred to me today i was putting up lights at the armory and brad come walking by. He lives close by, and that's the first time I've seen him in a while. Uh, and he was telling me he was going to do uh, OU next Friday night, which, you know, a week from tonight. Well, we had Alexander Belbury. We could have put Alexander Belbury on the radio, but we can't because the high university is playing. So what we got to do is find out when Ohio plays before we can do anything uh, with Power 105 because next week's season opener. I mean, Alexander Belbury would have been a great game to do. That's a, that's a good cross-TVC matchup, and the AD down there at Treats is good. It would have been a great game to put on the radio, but we can't because the high university is playing. Well, so. well let's see the uh, the men's basketball schedule here. You know, at least online, I don't see anything online unless they haven't updated their schedule. Uh, there's something that's going on next week, and I think it's happening in the Convocation Center. But as of this moment, you know, the Bobcats still have not released you know, that said schedule. Well, I don't so. know. Maybe Brad is doing a women's game as a women's start. I didn't even think I, I, I automatically assumed it was a men's game, but uh, you know, I had it the might women's, not be. I had the women's schedule up here, and I think it's the uh, I got men's in front of me. Um, but either way, uh, he could be doing the women's. We were trying to figure out who steps up for uh, for Jake and Gabe because there's the yeah. um, you know they they used to do the women's games over on 1340 WOUB. Yeah, women's so, play at noon on Friday. That's what that's saying right there against Notre yeah, Dame. That's, 
okay, so Brad, Brad, he was doing something with ESPN then. Oh, uh, so he's doing, so he's not on the radio? Hear, uh, no, he said he was doing ESPN next Got Friday night. Gotcha. But theoretically, we could still do Alexander Belfry then if we really wanted. Yeah, I think so. Uh, but we got to have somebody here. I don't. Is Brad going to be around here at that time? Yeah, Brad will be here. If he, he, I thought he said four o'clock. He was doing something at four, but I have to text him and ask him to find out what exactly he was doing. I was putting up Christmas lights. I wasn't listening to him intently. I just <laughs> we were talking about the schedule and yeah, studying, you, yeah. doing OU next Friday ESPN, and I kind of yeah. just assumed right away that it was men's, which I thought it was kind of weird because usually we. We do a lot of Power 105 games early because the men's team doesn't start until later. Um, so I caught me off guard thinking, wait a second, why are they starting the same time as our high school? And I thought that was weird, and I, I that makes sense now. that it's not the men, it's something else. Yeah. Uh, I tune Brad out a lot when he talks, too. So. Yeah. Well, he definitely said he was doing something for our anniversary <laughs> next Friday, and it was ESPN-related. I've got those two points, and it ends there. And I'm pretty sure he said 4 o'clock. And it could have been I'm done at 4 or it starts at 4. I'm going to have to text him now and find out. Yeah. Well, listen, uh, you had your priorities straight, though. I mean, the Christmas lights are definitely more important up on Court Street than uh, you know, figuring out what Brad's doing with his Friday night. <laughs> well, I mean, the Alexander Belver game could be important. Uh, you know, that's equally as important. I wrote it off thinking that we, he wasn't, that we weren't going to be able to do it, but we, we possibly could. Yeah. So long as they play. And then as of right now, I actually texted the AD at Belbury last night and uh, asked him, I said, is this your season opener? Because a lot of teams do not start until December 1st or 4th. And I thought maybe on the schedule that it was just a scrimmage. And uh, she said, no, that's that's our season opener. And we play Alexander, and that's next Friday night. So, uh, which is kind of odd. It's Black Friday. Uh, but And it used to be that was the night of our high school preview. So... Definitely an odd year, because uh, usually we have a basketball preview before the season starts. I guess that would have been this week. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. But we didn't have it. We'll have one. Uh, we could always, I, I might have a setup for you to call in or something uh, next week. We're going to do it remotely, uh, unless you're jumping in on the studio here. But uh, we, we might be able to figure something out here and get all three of us. Well, I mean, like preview. boys basketball preview we have at the high school, all the high school teams. I don't oh, know if yeah, yeah, yeah. Been, the pre- yeah, yeah, yeah. Engaged with that. Yep. Yeah, we had all we had usually up to eight to ten teams come into the high school. It's they're called the Athens County Shriners Preview. It's a fundraiser for the Shriners. They've been doing it for fifty years. I feel like, and we're obviously we're not having one this year. It would have done it would have been this week, right? If the games are next Friday, it would have had to have been tonight. It would have been actually tonight, Friday night. Yeah. So, all right. Just uh, I'll see you after bed. We'll look at that schedule. Sounds good. Good talk with all you, right, Troy. Buddy. Yep. See ya. We'll take a quick break right here on the Sports Fan or wrap up the program for the week as it is the Sports Fan presented by JK Contracting on 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. If you are on Medicare and have questions about drug and health coverage options, register for a Medicare checkup webinar with the Ohio Department of Insurance. Learn about Medicare open enrollment, financial assistance programs, and important deadlines. Everyone on Medicare should review their health and prescription drug plan options. Annual open enrollment runs October 15th through December 7th, and any changes are effective January 1. Visit insurance.ohio.gov or call 1-800-686-1578 to schedule an appointment. Not completing high school is more of a social thing than it was an academic thing. Even though all these years have passed, I still had that longing to have my diploma. At age 30, Carissa finished her high school diploma. If you're even considering getting your high school diploma, you can do it. No one gets a diploma alone. 
If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. If you think you are beaten, you are. If you think you dare not, you don't. If you think you'd like to win, but you can't, it's almost a cinch you won't. Life's battle doesn't always go to the stronger or faster man, but sooner or later, the person who wins is the one who thinks he can. Single game tickets on sale now at Bengals.com. Stacy Unsinger, COVID survivor. I heard a lot about it, obviously, but nothing prepares you for when you actually get it. I started having trouble breathing. I felt like I was drowning. I went to the hospital and tested positive for coronavirus. My oxygen levels dropped really low. I spent several weeks on a ventilator. It was terrifying. I consider myself lucky to be able to share what happened. We can beat this, but it's going to take everyone doing the right thing every single day. Sponsored by the Ohio Hospital Association. Integrated Services for Behavioral Health is the preeminent behavioral health organization in Southeast Ohio. It's an organization of over 300 like-minded individuals that provide services to some of the most vulnerable populations, believing in the resiliency of the individual. If you provide good services, if you care about the individual and you value communities, you know, the opportunities are endless. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. This is the Sports Fan on 970 WATH. And back inside for the Sports Fan on 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. Bills of the Mike alongside Joe Medor. And only four more minutes until our program wraps up. Again, sponsored by JK Contracting. And, you know, with the Cincinnati Bengals game coming up, it's Washington on Sunday. Uh, you know, this, this this is as close to a must-win situation for Zach Taylor and the Bengals as it gets. Washington is not good this year. They need to go out there and play. I think they'll play much better than they did against the Steelers because the Steelers well, are much they can't more, get much worse. Yeah, I mean, they can't get much worse is right. Um, but you got to go out there, beat Washington, beat the Giants, beat the Cowboys, take care of the NFC uh, you know, East, and, and, and be done with it, you know? So... It's it's must win from in for me in my eyes, uh, but I think Joe can get the job done. I anticipate a game being something around uh, twenty six to thirteen. That's my prediction. Ooh, you know this is a really uh, this is a defense for Washington that's flown under the radar this season, and uh, they got Alex Smith coming back who led a pretty impressive comeback against the Lions last week. Of course, it came up short. Mac Prater hit a game winning field goal, uh, but as you mentioned, you know. And Russ talked about it on Wednesday. The measuring stick for Zach Taylor can't be the NFC East. And if we get to a point where you're dropping games to this team's, uh, he's going to be in trouble. Uh, so you got to come out. you got to win. I think you got to win convincingly on Sunday to, to kind of restore any kind of hope if you're Zach Taylor and, you know, continuing to be the guy for this franchise moving forward. I mean, right now, you know, 
Washington's a favorite. They're getting a, or they're giving up a point, so it's basically a pick 'em game. But uh, you know, it's uh, it's going to be an interesting one to watch. Uh, this defense needs to step up. We saw them; they were able to hang in there in the Pittsburgh game early on, but just on the field, way too much offense, committing too many penalties, turning the ball over unnecessarily. Uh, the one thing that has been a positive is Joe has had more time in the pocket here these past couple games. The O line is back and healthy. Of course, you know. We still no Joe Mixon, but Bernard has done a good job as well as Samaje P. Ryan, uh, you know, doing what they can when they get the ball. But, you know, they've got to be able to establish a run game. You can't have Joe drop back and throw the ball 40, 50 times against his defense that ranks second in the NFL in terms of fewest passing yards allowed per game. They're a top 10 defense in overall yards per game. So, you know, we need to see this offense get humming against a defense like this that's in the top 10 of the league because that's where we've seen them have the most struggles this season. Yeah, get just get the job done. You know, get get it done on Sunday. They've already their best game of the season was against the Tennessee Titans, who have an awful defense. Who have an awful defense. Granted, but you know if you're beating a team that's as good as Tennessee, you got to take care of the other teams. You got to figure out a way to beat Washington. And if you don't beat Washington, and Alex Smith. I don't know how much longer the Taylors are going to be involved with the program. I, I don't know. You know, if you don't beat, you know, these these teams with the Giants and the Cowboys, it's not the measuring stick. But if you don't get over that stick, that's at the bottom. We find a new job. Yeah. You can go back out with Sean McVay back out in California. Who knows? It might Where be a better move. Where he came from. Might be a better move. Bring in Joe Brady. Maybe. Ooh. We'll see. It's been the sports fan right here on 970, 97.1 FM, WATH. And thanks to our Carl, Scott Thomas, and, of course, Troy Bowen. For Joe Medor, this is Connor Mills. We'll be doing the show remotely next week and looking forward to it. Stay safe. Have a good Thanksgiving. We'll see you on Monday.